Like I said, if you don't know who I am, my name is Baba Lo, and I have the awesome privilege of leading this community. This Sunday, I'm going to be talking about a famous passage in the Bible. And many of us have known this passage. If we've been going to church, we'll know that this passage, if you go on YouTube and just search a woman with blood, I mean, you get hundreds and hundreds of sermons. If you go on Google, hundreds and hundreds of people have written about it. So I'm going to attempt to bring something to you, even if this is a passage that you might be familiar with, that you might take home this morning. And this passage is found from the book of Mark, chapter 5, and we'll be reading from verse 21. We'll be reading from verse 21. And it reads as follows. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side. Can somebody say to the other side? The other when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then a synagogue leader named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. A woman, was a, a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. Jesus turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? Who touched my clothes? You see the people against, you see the people crowding against you? His disciples asked. And yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what happened to her, came and fell at his feet. And trembling with fear, told the whole truth. Can somebody say, told the whole truth? He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Can somebody say, daughter, your faith has healed you? 
Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Father, here is your word this morning. Do your work in our hearts. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge your presence here. We open ourselves to you. May we hear as you speak through me and may you do the work in our hearts according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. When you read this text, when you read this text, thank you, my love. She, okay. When you read this text, as as I read this text. that is so known and so popular. You know, sometimes we read the Bible and we've been in church for so long that some texts lose meaning to us because we've had them for so many times. I have the privilege this year of studying theology at the University of Pretoria. And thanks to my grievance, who've paid my fees to go study there, and in class, we looked at this text. And I was given a new perspective of looking at it. And the lecturer said to us, read this text and tell me what you see in it. So we read it and we told him what we saw in it. And then when we finished, he said, okay, I want you to ask yourself these questions and then read the text again and tell me what you see in this text. And the questions were, what is exciting about this text? What is troubling about this text? And what is God calling me to in this text? And when I asked myself those questions, the text tend around and meant something totally different from what I have normally or what I knew in the past about it. So it is my hope that as we're going through this, we're also going to ask ourselves those questions. So I want to tell you what excites me about the text. Firstly, Jairus excites me about this text. Jairus was a synagogue leader. And synagogue leaders at the time were very close with the Pharisees. And the Pharisees did not want anything to do with Jesus. So if you were a synagogue leader, you were encouraged to play far from Jesus. So for Jairus to go public 
kneel in front of Jesus, he was breaking all protocol. And this excites me. Because when Jesus is in town, protocol gets broken. When Jesus is in town, those who said you cannot worship him, you cannot follow him, get disgraced because when he's in town and when you have a need, you know where to find the answer. And that's exciting for me to see Jairus breaking rank and going and disgracing himself. Because imagine, I don't think Jairus was alone, as you can hear in the story as we move forward. Some people should have gone back to the Pharisees and said, you will never believe what Jairus did today. So he stood a chance of being miscommunicated by the Pharisees because he's now aligning with Jesus. This is exciting for me. Jairus was a very respected person in the community. But at the same time, he had a desperate situation. And when he was desperate, protocol didn't matter. The second thing that excites me about this story is the woman. This woman who's been suffering for 12 years with the issue of blood. If you read the context of the story and hear what during those days it meant for a woman who was suffering from the issue of blood, from Leviticus chapter 15, if you read from verse 25, they will, you will read the entire story of what the law says to women like that the oppression they had to go under. A society that had already labeled her a woman with the issue of blood. I mean, even the Bible does not give her a name. All we know about this woman is that she had an issue of blood. Because the law detect, detects that, dictates that she must stay far away from people because she's considered unclean. It is exciting for me to see this woman, like Jairus, breaking rank and going out to the public and showing face because she's heard that the one who heals is in town. This is exciting for me. It's exciting because this woman stood a chance of being stoned, of being killed, of being punished because she chose to go against what society had known to be true for the people who had the issue of blood. 
This is exciting for me. When you see someone build courage and say, enough is enough. I am tired of the injustice of being mistreated by the doctors. I am tired of being marginalized by this society. I am tired of being called names. Today, I am stepping out in faith and I am going to meet the one who has power to change my situation. This is exciting for me. You see, when you have a situation like this woman, when you've suffered for so long, there comes a time when you don't care anymore. If you think about it, she's not allowed to go out in public. She's not allowed to have a life. It means for 12 years she doesn't have a life. She's good as dead. So she might as well go out and face the risk of being killed because she's good as dead. But you do not dare as a woman when there is a law that's put in place go out and break rank. To see this woman build up courage face society build up faith and say today if I perish I perish it is very exciting for me it is also exciting because think about it she stays in this community she's been here for 12 years Everybody in the community should have known who this woman is. It's exciting because in my mind, it tells me that if this woman had gone where everybody could recognize her, chances are she wouldn't have even reached Jesus. So my suspicion is that this woman disguised herself and covered her identity. And because there were such big crowds, all she needed was to squeeze in and to touch his clothes. Every day for this woman was a struggle. Every day for this woman was painful. The doctors you read this text in the message it says that the doctors had mistreated her and taken advantage of her and left her in a worse of state than they found her before she's not just facing a law that is unjust she's facing a people who are continuing to abuse her and who are continuing to oppress her even more. Not just physically, but they even take her entire money and leave her with nothing. 
This is very concerning and is very troubling to me. It is troubling in this text that you see people who are willing to do this to another human being. It is troubling to see the lens that people go to oppress other people. It is troubling to read about this injustice. But it is also troubling to know that for 12 years, this woman faced this injustice when there was a community around her that couldn't protect her. Who are we as following Jesus? Who are we as followers of Christ? Are we the ones who stand with those who've been oppressed, like this woman? Or are we the perpetrators? Are we the ones who inflict injustice on others? If we claim to be followers of Christ, we cannot, we should not be found on the other side of injustice. We see Jesus coming to the scene, not just walking with Jairus, because Jesus is a man who's always on a mission. Jesus had a date with this woman. Jesus had an appointment with this woman. Jesus had an appointment with this community. If you think about this text, as I suggested, I think this woman was disguising herself. This is not the Bible saying. I'm just trying to use my own thinking because of the context. Jesus alone knows that power has left him. This woman alone knows that she's been healed because she can feel the flow stopping. But Jesus stops and wants to make a big deal about the situation. Because the Jesus that we serve cares about justice. Jesus we serve knew this woman's problem before she even knew that Jesus cared about her. In my thinking, by Jesus stopping and turning around and saying, who touched me? Jesus is trying to address the community. And yes, the woman. Jesus was well aware that this woman was publicly disgraced and shamed and marginalized for 12 years. And he publicly wanted to restore her dignity and publicly give her new identity. Jesus is a man always on a mission. He's not just randomly going to Jairus' house. He's not just randomly healing people. He's dealing with bigger issues in our society, in our situations. 
Because think about it. When Jesus says to this woman, who touched me? And when the Bible tells us, she came and knelt at his feet. I'm going to my thinking again. It means she revealed her identity. It means the crowd went, it's her. But she was already at the feet of grace. She was already at the feet of hope. She was already at the feet of healing. And I suggest to you that Jesus was addressing a bigger issue in this and not just healing the woman. He was also healing the community. Because my thinking is, if you have an issue of blood for 12 years, and you're supposed to stay in your home, and you come and you kneel in front of the healer himself, and he restores you in public, what happens when next time there's someone with the same condition? Will the same injustice happen to them? Because Jesus has come to the sin. Jesus has come to address the oppression that this woman was facing and was coming indirectly to say to the community, stop your nonsense. We should, as followers of Christ, be the light in all areas of our lives. We cannot be known as people who come to church on a Sunday. But in our workplaces, with our staff, with our domestic workers at home, with those that we see below us, we oppress them and we put an unjust system on them and we expect them to survive. This cannot be us as followers of Christ. This cannot be our story. This cannot be our experience. This cannot be what people say about us when on Sunday we come and we say, we, you fighting our battles. But when we go out there, we don't do that for others. There is also another aspect of this passage that I saw. I feel like this woman didn't just show her faith when she went to the feet of Jesus. I think this woman built up her faith in her small room in the house where she stayed. When she gathered herself and said, today I'm going out. It was when her faith step began. Because she knew the consequences of her actions should she be caught. I want to suggest that this woman continued showing her faith when she revealed her identity to Jesus. Because the Bible tells us that she was in fear and she was trembling when she went to Jesus. Because she didn't know how she would be treated now that her identity is revealed.
want to suggest again this morning that desperate faith led Jairus to the feet of the healer. Desperate faith led this woman to the feet of the, to the, feet of the healer. And sometimes it takes us being desperate to come to the feet of Jesus. Who never turns away from us, but who always turns around and says, who touched me? Who gives us attention? Who restores our identity? Who restores our dignity? And who deals with injustice? I love the response of the disciples who are always finding themselves on the other side. And sometimes it's me who behave like that. But I don't blame them. There is multitudes around you. You've been walking like this all along. And you want to ask me who touched you? Come on, Jesus. Come on. But Jesus was demonstrating to them that when power leaves him, he feels it. This is important for me and I think it's important for us. Because this woman had to go through crowds just to get to Jesus. This woman had to go through a lot of effort just to get to Jesus. And sometimes the gospel or the theology we tell others is that they must go through hoops and they must go through things before they get to the feet of the one who saves the one who healed. And we need to correct this. People should know that the veil has been torn. They can come directly to Jesus. What is Jesus calling us to in this story? What is Jesus calling us to in this story? I want to suggest to you this morning that Jesus is calling us to be the protectors of those who are being mistreated by society and for us to be the voices on behalf of those who are facing injustice in the hands of oppressors. I feel this morning Jesus is saying to us, if you know someone who's been mistreated by other people, stand in the gap for them. Do not be quiet about it. Stand in the gap for them. Be a voice for them. I feel God is calling us this morning to remember that He and He alone is the answer to this broken world. He is the only hope to this broken world. A world full of injustice and oppression. I feel God is saying this morning, remember, unless you trust in me, unless you stick with me, unless you invite me in all situations that you go through, 
unless you approach me with all your situations, you'll keep looking other ways for help. I feel Jesus is saying to us this morning, he's calling us who are feeling like outcasts, that he wants to restore us this morning. Us who felt oppressed and marginalized, he wants to restore our identity this morning. He wants to restore the 12 years that were stolen this morning. And he wants to give us a new future. And he wants to heal the wounds that we've suffered in the hands of others. Are you ready to receive this restoration? I feel Jesus is calling us as his followers never to find ourselves on the other side of injustice. Because when we do that, we are basically fighting against him. Because he's the one who comes to fight for the poor, for the oppressed, and for the prisoners. I feel God is calling us this morning to know that once he deals with injustice, once he deals with the issues, and once he heals us, our pain will disappear. Our pain will disappear. But I also feel like God is calling us to know that this woman spent 12 years suffering. This woman spent 12 years in pain. And I feel God is calling us to a maturity that teaches us that just because we ask God to do something for us today does not mean he's going to do it today. I feel God is calling us to remain trusting in him even when our situation is not changing because one day he will turn around and he will fix what has been broken and he will heal our wounds. I feel God is calling us to know that healing is not just for ourselves, but for also the society at large. When he comes to heal, he's not only interested in healing us, but he's also interested in healing those around us. So where are you this morning? As I ask the team to come forward, the band to come, where are you this morning? Which side do you find yourself this morning? Are you finding yourself on the side of the one who's been oppressed and you need Jesus to heal you from that feeling? Are you finding yourself from, this one, from the side of the oppressor and you need Jesus to free you from that behavior? I feel God is calling us as a community to care deeply and to take concrete action 
and not just to say that we care for people who face injustice in this country or in this world, but to take practical steps and concrete steps in bringing justice where there is no injustice. But I also feel Jesus is calling us and saying, I want to restore you this morning from all your pain, from all your suffering. It doesn't matter how long you've been going through it. I'm here now and I want to give you attention.